You're listening to Why We Do What We Do. Welcome to Why We Do What We Do. This is your host, Abraham. <laughs> I already read that, so I'm your I'm your have already read it host, Shane. <laughs> or I guess you're your speedy host, Abraham. I'm gonna say it as fast as I can. Yeah, I like that's good. I, I think that makes sense. Actually, I will slow it down. I'm the Barry Allen of reading. I will do it. That's right. <laughs> Just a lightning strike and CGI sesame seed away. <laughs> no, I will. I'll talk at normal speed for this. I mean, for yeah. me, this is this is absurdly slow. But this is this is normal speed for people who want to listen to me and understand what I say. Mm-hmm. And if you're here, I'm hoping that that's you. But this is a psychology podcast. We like to talk about psychology things. Which mostly means we talk about things that humans do, mm-hmm. turns out. Yeah, like mostly. Yeah. You know, sometimes we talk about what diseases do, and sometimes we talk about what humans did. But today we're going to talk about something that humans do, and uh, I think you'll be. I think this will be fun. Because, you know, if you're following up on the last episode, the last episode talked about us uh, music videos and how we are, um, you know, from the certain generation. And I feel like this topic seems to have been something that we saw a lot when we were kids yeah this is actually an episode on what humans don't do it turns out yes 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 spoiler alert yeah yeah so we are talking about speed reading that's right which is why i started really fast in case that wasn't clear (laughs) yes he was speed saying i was speed saying yeah (laughs) so in this episode, we're going to talk about speed reading in particular we're going to ask the questions of how do you get to be the sonic the hedgehog of reading we're going to try to aim for that question. We're also going to try to answer what is speed reading? Does it actually work? And how many Shane, how many books does Shane read in a year? Or how many Shanes do books read in a year? Yeah, it's a, it's it's a strange universe, my friends. It's a strange <laughs> universe. I think that's what you were trying to say. That's what I was trying to say. Also the answer is about 50. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> Wait, to which question? Uh, either one. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so this one is is interesting that it comes up a lot and people talk about speed reading and I think they kind of take it for granted. You know, they sort of just assume, Oh yeah, there are some people that are speed readers out there. And I feel like very few people are like, well, I want to, I want to be a speed reader. I'm going to get good at this. Yeah. It doesn't seem to happen all that much. Yeah. I wonder why. Guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. So let's talk about speed reading. What is it? If you're not familiar with speed reading, it's a process by which one can improve their ability to read large bodies of work very quickly. A lot of times what you'll see are videos of people who are speed reading, who are, flipping pages very rapidly or like kind of like scanning through a page of, of text very rapidly and then moving on. Like it's kind of like, it doesn't make sense that they're reading that fast. And that's usually kind of a, a hallmark characteristic of what this might look like. Absolutely. And I suppose it probably could be any body of work. It doesn't necessarily have to be large. You could, yeah, you know, read a, a poem in a millisecond, mm-hmm. but an important element because honestly anybody could open a book and just flip through the pages and be like cool i'm a speed reader but the important element of course that's key is that when you're speed reading you are reading quickly without losing comprehension of the material that you're reading so that you do understand even as you're flipping through those pages as quickly as you possibly can you are understanding everything that your eyes are seeing Right. So what's the point of going fast if you don't get anything out of it is essentially what this the the whole thing is like for speed reading to occur. It has to be quick and you have to gain comprehension. So, like, imagine reading Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows in like 47 minutes, like the entire book in 47 minutes. I can't imagine that. Yeah. And Jones, we get it. You're a fan. You like Harry <laughs> Potter. 
I totally understand. So that's actually the current world record is like reading that with comprehension is 47 minutes. That book specifically? Yeah, that book specifically. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I worked at Barnes and Noble when that book came out and it was a nightmare. I bet. Yeah. We had pallets for weeks and people were not allowed to see and we had to like cover them up and people were like, do you have the new Harry Potter? We're like, yes, we do. And I would just leave them with that information. <laughs> Somewhere, some way, somehow. I was a chaotic employee. Nobody likes to work with me. I'm given to understand you're not still employed by Barnes and Noble. So I guess we know how that went. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Escorted out, my friends, escorted out. So speed reading typically includes some kind of training or practice, as you might imagine, to try and increase the number of words that one can read in a short amount of time, usually one minute. That's sort of the benchmark of how many words can you read in one minute. Yeah. And the basis of this began with military training. So this wasn't something that came as like a commercial use. A lot of this training occurred where the United States Air Force members were trained to gather a large amount of information quickly using something called a tachistoscope. Tachistoscope. Okay. Tachistoscope. So essentially what this device is, just to, so I, I'm going to describe it even though I can't say it. It's a device that displays images for a specified amount of time and removes them very quickly. It was discovered that experimenters could flash up to four words on a screen at one five hundredth of a second and observers could still understand it. So basically just a real quick flash and gone and people could see and understand what those four words are, but only up to four words they were able to get to. I feel like you could just say them. <laughs> and have a similar effect yeah yeah so if you're only going four words you don't have a lot of information to convey yeah you're not going to gather too much information in four words unless it's like one of those really scary stories that people write in four words like oh yeah those are cool and then he lived you're like right. oh god <laughs> those are those are interesting i think it takes a lot of creativity to be able to generate something that actually conveys an emotion of fear with only like a sentence or less yeah so. yeah it's pretty impressive i mean stephen king does that nonstop. That's yeah, that's fair. You know, look at the book it. That's only four words mm -hmm. or so. <laughs> it's only four words or so. Yeah, it's it's literally two letters in the title. <laughs> yeah, see. Brevity. Man's bread and butter. <laughs> so the term speed reading was originally coined in the late nineteen fifties, such as shake belts, shrimp jello, yeah. aspects. Yeah, a lot of great things in the nineteen fifties, right? Yeah, recovering from a recent war. Mm -hmm. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. Soda fountains and I don't know, varsity jackets. What, the 50s were a strange time. Yeah. Maybe some barbershop quartets were maybe a thing at that time. I, I feel like they were. I mean, I feel like penny candy was a big deal, maybe. That makes sense. I don't know. I mean, the, the 50s were a strange time, but the, the, the shrimp jello thing always bummed me out. Like, when you see, like, those old, like, magazines that have, like, these recipes for, like, real bad foods that you're like, why would anybody try that? They put everything in jello at that time. Yeah, it's weird. They're like, here's my shoe in jello. Yeah, why? I don't I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand what the fascination with jello is. Is it maybe space-age food? Because that was kind of a thing. Like, everybody was obsessed with a neutron. And that, maybe? Hey, was this also the time of poodle skirts? Was that the 50s? I feel like that was. Okay. And greasers? Greasers and yeah, soches, right? there you go. The outsiders were set in the 50s. I feel like grease was also set in the 50s. Mm. Yeah, so that's true. This is a really this is pre-civil rights, uh, a lot of misogyny. Yeah. And shrimp jello. I mean, I think I think that that covers it. I think that's the entirety of the 50s. And also I think the Korean War happened in there too, right? That could be. I think that was also the time when you get roller skates and you had to like have a separate key to unlock them. And that was where oh, the yeah. that whole song came from. And so Wait, what song? I was like, I've got a brand new pair of roller skates. You've got a brand new key. You know that song? Don't know that song. Oh, I've wow. never heard okay. that song in my life. Well, 
there was a whole thing where there was like there were metal roller skates. And this is a terrible thing. They're, the skates were made of metal. <laughs> so <laughs> you feel every single bump in the road. Oh, and they would like lock to your shoe. Oh, maybe they were. I think maybe you're right. Those maybe were the ones that clipped onto your shoe. Yeah. Yeah, because they probably weren't built in yet. Oh. And yeah, <laughs> really terrible and kind of like very dangerous. So anyway. Yeah, it sounds like they could be weaponized. We're in the 1950s. Yeah. A glorious time. A glorious time. Right. So at this time, a teacher named Evelyn Wood began using the phrase speed reading after she became interested in why people were faster readers than others. And so that makes sense that you might see some reading discrepancies in a classroom, right? You see some folks, some learners who read faster than others just by the nature of the demographics of the group, right? Like you might just see like some kids just read faster than others. But there had to be a reason. Of course. For that. And so she eventually doing scare quotes here, discovered (laughs) that a sweeping motion of her hand helped her attend to words on a page easier and move more smoothly across the page. Basically, she's using her finger to track where she's at, which is helpful. Yeah. And this led her to developing a speed reading program that swept the nation. (laughs) And for those of you who didn't see, Abraham used the arm motion too. The Vanna White arm motion swept the nation. I love it. That's right. You can see that on our Patreon. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this uh, this yes. program was supported by JFK, act- who actually received instruction on how to speed read. And eventually, courses were included in college campuses until the late 1990s. So this was something that happened for 40 years, 50 years, you know, like really was around for some time and included in a lot of different programs and endorsed by the president of the United States. Yep. This had quite quite the campaign. But then they realized, like, these kids are getting too smart. We got to hold them down. You can't let them know the secret of speed reading. Nope. Many of these speed reading programs claimed that someone could read at speeds as astonishingly high as 400 to 70, 700 words per minute. So 300 pages of a book in about an hour. And as a note, the average adult can read about 250 words per minute, sort of at the upper level. And a lot of people actually are down around 150 words per minute. Kind of depends on how complicated the text that you're reading really is. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that. So, Abraham, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know how to speed read? Please. Okay. I mean, the the appeal seems immediate here, right? And I think that we've spoken to this. The idea that you could consume an amount of text and just save yourself that much more time, it'd be like, what if I told you that you could drive to work and get there in a quarter of the of the time that it would normally take you, and you won't even get a ticket or put yourself in danger? Everyone would be like, sweet, let's let's do that thing. That's basically what speed reading is, is that kind of promise. Yeah. So please teach me. Yeah. So in order to understand how the methods of speed reading work, we have to understand how reading works. So reading in general includes three primary processes, whether you are a slow or fast reader. And the first one is fixating. Okay. So you fixate where to focus on a word or two, right? So when you look at a page, you the reader will typically identify the word in a given moment. So when you look at a page, like right now I'm looking at my notes, I can identify specific words. I'm fixating on certain words. And so that's the first part of the process. Fixating on fixating. Mm-hmm. Second step on here is the saccade or saccade. I believe it's pronounced saccade. I've mostly heard it that way. Yeah. So this is once you focus on a single word, then you move on to the next. This is basically the motion of your eyes. Your eyes are, are sort of darting from one to the next. Yeah. And depending on where you're at, you go from left to right, or right to left or up from down, down to up, whatever it is, however you prefer to read. The final part is process, right? So at the end of this, you process, which is they kind of compare to comprehension. You end up developing an idea. You kind of get the idea from the words that have chunked together. You get the idea from the words of the sentence that you've moved through. Once you fixate and you saccade and you move through it, then you process what you've just read. 
So to be clear for everyone, we're not describing the process of speed reading just yet. Right now, we're just talking about what happens when you're just reading. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, we also do something that is chunking. Okay. So the, the three steps that we just covered for regular reading, fixate, saccade, process. And then we're going to add three more steps because we like threes. Mm -hmm. Rules of threes. The rule of threes, I guess. The, the steps of speed reading are chunking, skimming, and scanning. So chunking essentially is the is identifying and interpreting the idea of a group of words. And essentially what happens is the letters and the individual words do not carry the ideas that lead to comprehension. So what you do is you end up gathering all those words. You create a grouping of words that produce the idea. So if you can learn to chunk, you can learn to read those groups of words more quickly. And that makes a certain amount of sense, right? Like you can... If you really think about it, you glance at a word, you can tell what that word is pretty much instantly. Yeah. And if you've ever taken, there's there's this reading test, oh, I should have looked this up, but there's this passage that's sort of a visual trick where a bunch of the words are flipped around, misspelled, or have perfect typos in them, and you can read a paragraph with all of these typos with perfect comprehension without even noticing most of the typos. Mm -hmm. And it's because we tend to look at the beginning and end of a word, and we also get from context what a word is supposed to be. And so we can sort of do that chunking thing. It's also related to the skimming thing. And this idea of skimming is more or less what it sounds like. You're just skimming right off the top. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is rapidly moving through large groups of words and identifying key terms and repetitive phrases. So you are able to sort of you know, just pick out the necessary information rather than focus on every word. So, and actually the goal here is to not read every word, only the important words, the mm -hmm. words that are actually going to move the ideas here. You can skip the, those conjunctions, the ands, buts, ors, because they really aren't necessary to convey the overall idea. And by pinpointing and reviewing the current language in the passages, one can quickly comprehend the idea instead. So here at why we do what we do, we care about Boolean operators. Skimming is an affront to literacy. Mm -hmm. And really importantly, like I would very much disagree with those being unnecessary to convey in the idea because and and or carry very different weights. Yes. They mean different things. And all of these conjunctions, they, they convey a very specific piece of information that is critical to understanding what's being said. Yes. So we care about your and ors and buts. That's right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about scanning for a second. So we've got chunking, we've got skimming, but scanning is a little bit different. So it's essentially the same thing as skimming, but it focuses more on moving through and picking them up as you go, like picking up the words or the ideas as you go, rather than trying to identify those important words. So basically what you're doing with scanning is you are just moving through, but you're hoping to collect kind of the idea or the recurring words as you go through. You know, skimming is where you're intentionally looking for repetitive verbiage, where scanning is this kind of like picking up verbal debris as you move through a passage and that's really what the difference is between those two which seems a little bit abstract and arbitrary but they've decided it's a thing so here we are yep yep with all that then now we can this is i mean these are literally the only processes that are taught in this with speed reading what ends up happening is you learn how to do these things and you just do them faster and faster and faster as you go. That's right. And so that's kind of what speed reading is. It's, it's, those are the processes by which you can engage with a text. You just do them faster. And so therefore you can, you can accomplish a lot more in a lot less time and understand again with high comprehension what you're reading. And, and I mean, this is one of those great things because it's very clearly testable. 
we can turn to science and look at it and see, okay, let's break out the things that work. What doesn't work? What does the evidence really suggest when we do a well-controlled study? So what the science basically says is there is little support to suggest that speed reading as defined is something that even exists. So yeah. Ooh, <laughs> awkward. Yeah. Uh, the main body of research suggests that the faster you read, the less accurate comprehension and recall become, which makes logical sense. We'll dig in some actual research, but yeah, there's, there's sort of a sweet point. If you're reading really, really slow, comprehension is difficult because you are forgetting what ideas you've already read by the time you get to the next ones. And so it's that there is sort of a sweet spot of how fast you need to read. And for most adults who are fluent readers, anywhere from like 150 to 250 is a perfectly reasonable range to be at words per minute specifically yeah range to be at where you're going to have good comprehension but you start not only getting diminishing returns past around like 200 250 ish but you also start to lose comprehension when you start pushing reading speeds beyond that yeah absolutely uh, and so Let's like you said, let's go ahead and get into the research and talk about that, because there's like, you know, when you're reading too slow, you're not going to comprehend it when you're reading too fast, you're not going to comprehend it. So what is that? What is that middle ground or what does all this look like? So McAllister in 2010 found that in a preliminary investigation, speedy reading courses do have an impact on reading rates. So there is some kind of impact on how quickly somebody can read specifically of individuals that, that were the participants and show no decrease in comprehension. But they also cite in that study that they need more evidence. So here we are. They're not really sure what happened or why that happened, but they showed that the rate was able to increase with no decrease in comprehension. I'd be curious to know what those baseline rates were. Yeah. And it sounds like they probably weren't going up to that 700 words per minute, but they did augment a little where their reading speed was. That's pretty much what it said. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So like you went from 100 to 120, like that is an increase in your reading speed. Cool. Yeah. Not 700, but... You know, an increase is an increase. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, what you're talking about is practice, right? Practice yes, reading. that is exactly it. It's like, yeah, you practice doing a thing, you get better at it. Amazing. Yeah. Shocking. Yen in 2012 focused on reading fluency in relation to speed reading generalization to other texts outside of the speed reading courses. So essentially looking at, okay, let's see if you do build the speed reading, do you speed read anything that you see? And this study found that students were able to transfer the increases in reading and maintain comprehension across other types of texts. So, so far, it sounds like speed reading programs can help you speed read. So far, so good. So far, so good. But the key here is we're talking about improvements in reading, not the acquisition of actual speed reading. True. And I think that's, a, I want to make sure that that's very clear. We're talking about yeah, very good point. reading getting better. We're not talking about somebody actively speed reading. Okay. Yes. Now. Rayner et al. in 2016 discusses major factors that contribute to the potential for increased reading rates, including things like eye movement, word recognition, writing systems, and presentations, types of texts. All these other factors can influence reading rates regardless of speed reading training. So where these other studies didn't account for these different types of presentations, they didn't account for these types of maybe other factors that go along with this, what we're finding is that specifically there could be any number of things that influence reading rates that are beyond the actual speed reading program. So ultimately, that study found that the claims made are often overstated. Yeah. So maybe people are making gains. But they're not hitting 750 words a minute. They're not reading 300 pages in an hour. You know, what they're finding is that there are improvements, slight improvements, but not to the degree that they're being marketed. So including the variables you just mentioned, including the word recognition, the presentation, the type of text, 
probably word size, font choice, all of that has something to do with it. And on top of that, we have people who are practicing a lot of reading Mm -hmm. in these studies. Yeah. Now, McNamara in 2000 tested speed readers versus normal readers for comprehension. And after reading a work, both groups were given a comprehension test and normal readers scored actually much better on the comprehension with speed readers scoring, quote, extremely low and only slightly above chance levels of performance, end quote, indicating that maybe they were reading faster, but their comprehension was not there. So what you're finding now is that, uh, hey, I can go through, I can flip through an entire book. I can do that pretty quickly, but I'm not going to gain any comprehension out of it, or at least not enough to be able to say that I understand what this text is saying. Now, as a note, educational bodies state that 50% comprehension is the bare minimum for acceptable comprehension in educational settings. That's the lowest bar. So keep this in mind, right? The lowest bar is 50% of like what that text is. Did you understand, or when you take that comprehension test, what does that look like? Now we've got some questions about like, you know, how to measure that and what that looks like. But at the end of the day, that's, that's the, like most educational bodies will, I cite 50% as the comprehension level. That seems extremely low to me. Yeah. But okay. So like, if I understand half of Harry Potter, then I know that the guy with the no nose is a bad guy, but I don't know anything about Gandalf. Sure. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry, Harry Potter fans. I feel like I'm just going to, I've just upset so many people just now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's going to be, we're going to get some angry letters. Nobody sends letters. We're going to get some angry messages. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel free to send us a letter. I don't know where it's going, but go for it. <laughs> the majority of studies find essentially the same thing, however. So ultimately, while speed can increase, comprehension and accuracy diminish at faster rates, as we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And it has been found that highly capable readers are able to read about 200 to 300 words per minute while maintaining comprehension of the material read. I myself am a pretty fast reader. I've read up to 350 words per minute when you have like low level texts. And those are very easy for me to follow along and understand. There is a rate at which my eyes are capable of like looking at a page and at which I am capable of decoding those words that mm-hmm. I think has a, a limit, a natural limit imposed on me by biology and physics. Yeah. So, you know, at a certain point, I think going beyond 350 words and even that, like I was pushing myself, it was very easy text. Like I had right. no problem understanding it, but there is a point at which like there's, as I mentioned, those diminishing returns. And to be fair too, like, I mean, there are going to be texts that it does, it does require a little bit more of you. Right. Like, I mean, I think of like, let's say the satanic verses, which is supposed to be a really excellent book, but pfft, I've tried to read it several times and I gave up because I'm like, it. I'm reading it like a, the pace of like 20 to 30 words per minute because it's so dense. You know? Yeah, I mean, if you're reading like a scientific article, you're probably reading a lot slower. If you're reading a textbook for school, you're reading a lot slower. If you're reading Gravity's Rainbow because you're a masochist, <laughs> you're probably reading slower. Uh-huh. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. So it's determined, though, that comprehension begins to rapidly deteriorate at a speed of about 500 to 600 words per minute. So like even at 400 words, you're doing pretty OK. You're not you're not quite at that 50 percent mark. But you're you're doing you're not doing bad. But at 500, 600 words per minute, you see massive drops in comprehension. And that deterioration happens prior to that. You start seeing it kind of shift after that 300 word mark. But it's essentially the breaking point. It's like at 500, 600, there's like like a continental shelf, if you will. All right. So we have tackled some speed reading. There is some other interesting little tidbits that are sort of peripherally related to this. And 
there's a new type of speed reading, which I hope was at least partially informed by Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> and it's called quantum speed reading. Yes. So when as I was doing my research on this, I about lost it when I read this because essentially quantum <laughs> speed reading or QSR is a completely new technique of reading books without looking at the pages. What? This is how it's marketed. This is like okay. I pulled this specifically from marketing folks about this, like the the websites on this. Oh, I'm excited. Let's do it. Okay. It was developed in Japan and has been taught to both children and adults for the last several years. Astonishing as it may seem to most of us who learned only to read books by reading a page at a time. That's a direct quote. <laughs> they can, in fact, be read by simply flipping the pages. Unlike wow. the many well-established forms of speed reading that are in existence, QSR does not require the book to be opened at all. <laughs> Yes, for the win, quantum speed reading. This could like put bookstores completely out of business. And I also wonder, can I read a book just by looking at a website that has a picture of the book? I mean, there are a lot of questions with this. I, I yeah, because I think you think about this for a second. Like, if I walk into a bookstore, I could hypothetically read every book in that store, right? Within seconds. Within just, seconds. Like, you don't need to buy those books. So. I feel like there's a little real danger to this this technology getting out. On the other hand, like you could walk into like a, a university library and become brilliant instantly. Mm -hmm. Does this like by osmosis? Do you just like soak it in through your skin by being in proximity to it? Well, if I knew, then they wouldn't have a business model. That's a fair point. I'm assuming something like that, though, it would have to be right. If they don't open the book, maybe you need skin contact. Like I'm going to try this really quick. I'm just going to put this book to my forehead. <laughs> How's it feel? I'm not getting anything. It's heavy. It feels good, though. I mean, I like the feeling of it. Yeah, that is a heavy book. What is that book? This is the autobiography of Mark Twain, volume one. <laughs> volume one. I don't have any subsequent volumes, so I guess I'm only getting up to like the time he was five or something. I love like authors that write their own autobiographies and they just like literally put everything into it. Then on Thursday, I went to the grocery store. <laughs> it's like Isaac Asimov was like that. And he's like, here are all my best friends. <laughs> Squee. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We like we like Isaac Asimov. He yeah, seems like fine. he was maybe a good person. Yeah, he's Not seemed, like he H.P. Nice Lovecraft. Enough. No, yeah. That whole that that guy's got his own stuff. Okay. So quantum speed reading, that's apparently a thing. Without having done a deep dive on this or bought a subscription to their elite members club, I can fairly confidently say this is a bunch of hooey. Yeah. Hooey is the official term for that. I like it. <laughs> So another little interesting tidbit is that the average person reads no faster than people did a hundred years ago. The average rate hasn't even changed despite speed reading being a thing that exists. I would guess based on the general attitude of people today and the availability of other mediums for entertainment that no faster than could be translated to slower than people a hundred years ago, because a hundred years ago, that was almost all the entertainment you had. You had watching people beat each other up. And you had books. Yeah. And you did have a little bit of the radio. Yeah, I was going to say, you had radio. You had you had the Lone Ranger. That's right. And other serials. Uh, sure. So I guess those were your options there. But I think people probably just read more. So Yeah, that makes sense. It wouldn't surprise me. Played stickball on the streets. Yeah, yeah. That thing where you have like a metal hoop you just roll around because... Yeah, with a stick. What else are you going to do? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, the 20s were a weird time. <laughs> no shrimp jello, though. Ooh missing out just <laughs> depression era <laughs> just a lot of yeah a lot of really not great things we're so u.s centric on this i need to learn the 1920s and other countries and 50s and that sort of thing there were other countries then 
more so than now. <laughs> All right. Uh, there is a difference between casual reading and technical reading, as we mentioned before. With casual reading, readers are able to read between 200 and 300 words per minute, maybe even a little higher. Mm-hmm. In technical material, the average is roughly 50 to 70 words per minute on average, which explains why you have such a hard time reading textbooks and why it takes you so long to get through reading for school and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, there's some research articles where I'm like, oh my god, like I, it's, it's, I feel like it's taking me an hour to get through this, and it's like, well, because you have to read it slower because you're talking about a different level of comprehension. Absolutely, and the words are chosen so specifically to communicate very specific scientific ideas. Mm-hmm. That was me speed talking again. I'm sorry. No, it was good. It worked. It was good. Okay. Now, why do some people read slower? Now, some think that it's due. Some scientists think, and some researchers think it's due to something called subvocalization, or that quote little voice in your head that occurs when you read out loud. Like so, like when you're reading, like like when you when you're kind of going through text, you're probably reciting the words in your head. Do you catch yourself doing that? Like, do you feel like you're reciting it internally? When I'm reading something technical, yes. When I'm reading something fictional and that's just for entertainment i tend to actually imagine someone else speaking i guess maybe so maybe i am maybe i am doing that so uh, sort of like i try to imagine like like if i'm reading a fictional text then i'm creating sort of mentally a visual world that i see what's happening yeah and i feel like i don't hear that as much but when i'm reading just a non-fiction entertainment book then i feel like i hear someone's sp- I, or I, I guess I'm sort of imagining someone else saying those words. So I guess yeah. in that sense, I kind of am doing the sub vocalization thing. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you? I think I do the same thing. Like I, where it's like, if it's fictional, I try to get a picture of it, but I still like, I feel like I still recite it and then create the picture. Like I still kind of, okay. I feel like I do that. I can't think of reading and not saying it, I guess is like where I get. And I, I mean, I don't read fast. I read pretty averagely, even though I read a lot, you know? So it's like, I don't really quite know, but I'm pretty sure I just like say it in my head and then I picture it. Hmm. Okay. So why are people interested in this? Why are people even interested in speed reading or why are we even talking about it? Well, the amount of information that exists in the world is exponentially growing with the internet, with the information that's out there. It's thought and nobody can really say this or really know, but it's thought that the amount of information that's existing in the world is doubling about every nine months. It's the number of people in the world too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) so many people every nine months. And despite 500,000 new titles being published in English each year, the average college student will only read four to five books to completion in their post-college lifetime. To completion. (laughs) That's an interesting way to phrase that. I had no other way to phrase that. I couldn't couldn't think of anything else. That's fine. It was great. It implies something... Very relevant to college students. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, think about this for a second. That's saying that you would only finish four to five books after you finish college for your lifetime. That's wild. I, I definitely have already read more than that this year. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. From like start to finish. So I don't understand how that's a thing, but apparently there are people that don't read. I mean, when you've got Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. Why would who's, you? Who's reading anymore? Yeah. Who's picking up a book? And Instagram and TikTok, like psh. we sound like boomers right now. I know, right? Yeah, we sound very boomery. Uh, sorry, it's okay. It's all right. Such boomers. That, that's us now. That's we're we're middle aged men recording podcasts. What can we say? Fact. 
you know, at the end of the day, I don't really have a lot of take home points on this. I mean, the thing is, is it doesn't really speed reading in itself, the way that it's marketed, the way that it's described doesn't exist like people think it does. Right. Like practice reading is going to help improve your fluency. It's going to improve your speed and your rates with words per minute. It's going to help with comprehension and stuff like that. So constant reading is, is a good thing. Yeah, but it's not going to produce those levels that speed reading programs say. There's no science that says that it will. Yeah, I think that that is ultimately the take home point is that speed reading it doesn't it doesn't really work because that's not how reading works. I mean, it seems right. to be a scam. Maybe we will figure out a way to like push people that in the future to read on average higher words per minute than they do now, mm-hmm. just through you know education and and research and education and that sort of thing. But I wouldn't hold my breath for it. You know, I think essentially read at whatever speed is comfortable for you, where you feel like you are understanding what you're reading and just don't hold yourself to ridiculous standards. Otherwise, you'll be disappointed and hate reading and just, you know, enjoy the process because when you get to read, you get a totally different experience from that medium than watching something or listening to something mm-hmm. and not to not to disparage listening. Like, I love audiobooks. I That's one of the only ways I get to consume as much literature as I do is because I can read while I'm driving in a car, for example, because someone else is reading to me. And so I think it's a great thing to take on. And I certainly support books and bookstores and reading in general. So yes, reading's great. Also a slight pre-recommendation for when we talk about reading and stuff, don't read books you don't like. It's fair. You don't have to finish a book. Yeah. You don't have, just because you start, it does not mean you have to finish it. It's okay not knowing what happens at the end of a book. You're spark notes. You can Google it if you want to know what happened. But if you don't like the book and you're not enjoying it, put it down. Yeah. I'm not very good at that. I tend to commit to things and then just stick to it to the end. I used to be like that. Then I realized I would get to the end of a book and like, I hated the whole book. And then I also hated the ending so much. I was like, there's no, there's no joy in this. Yeah. I would not recommend my strategy of being a a completionist on books. I think you're much better served by spending your time in a way that seems valuable to you. You know, time's the one thing that we all have. That's the, like the most precious resource we have because we only get it once and then it's gone. So Mm -hmm. read and read stuff that you like. Yep. I like it. And (laughs) as they would say on the good place, read garbage books. If that's your bag. (laughs) I really like that sentiment actually. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else on uh, speed reading? Nope. I'll just say, don't bother with it. We are on to recommendations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Recommendations. All right. So I'm going to recommend an album that just came out like five days ago. This is the band Between the Buried and Me. That's my favorite band. They're a prog metal band, so maybe you're not into that sort of thing, but I'm going to recommend it anyway. I think it's worth at least checking out. They released an album called Colors 2, which you may or may not derive means that they have an earlier album called Colors, which was mm-hmm. awesome, one of one of their best. And yeah, so go check out Colors 2 by Between the Buried and Me. What a great band. Like that band always blows my mind. Yeah, me too. I like I it. almost want to say thank you, but they're not mine. I just take so much pride in them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for liking the band I like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a band too. Cause I, I, cause if you like music, if you're not a prog metal person and maybe you want to listen to some kind of like interesting indie rock, I'm going to recommend a band called Foxing. They just put out a new album called Draw Down the Moon. Foxing. F-O-X-I-N-G. Foxing. Foxing, yes. F-O-X-I-N-G. Foxing. Right. Just making sure that's clear. So they used to be like kind of like a sad indie band. They were very sad. 
Mm. Then they decided to get a little bit electronic and dancey. And so okay. they're a very different band than when you first pick up some of their stuff. But this new album is like super catchy. Like I'm not like somebody who likes kind of like disco-y electronic type of things, but this is, it's got a good feel to it. And I've, I'm going to spend the rest of the day listening to it. Okay. Draw down the moon. Yeah. Draw down the moon by Foxing. In my skimming speed reading, I saw the moon is down and I was like, someone else already did that title. That was for the seems forever. <laughs> so close. Yes. So close. <laughs> Awesome. Well, if you would like to tell us about a new album that has just recently come out that you would like to recommend, we are certainly happy to hear from you. If you think that you're a speed reader, cool. Good luck with that. Great. Feel free to write us in and tell us your story. If you have any other critiques of speed reading or quantum reading or have any information on those things, then reach out to us. We're on all the social media platforms. I feel like mostly we're kind of on Instagram, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter and we will respond to anything that happens to us there good or ill mostly good yeah at wwd wwd podcast is the handle on all of those you can also email us directly at info at wwd wwd podcast.com where you will reach me directly and then the other social media platforms you'll be speaking to one of our other social media people like shane or amber Mm -hmm. someone else on the team i think that's all i have do you have anything else nope that's it Oh, I do have, actually, I do have one more thing. I have to thank our Patreons. So if you would like to join us and support this show, you can do that by going to patreon.com and looking for why we do what we do. You can get access to certain benefits, such as early access to the episodes, episode notes, videos of us recording the episodes, if that's something you, for some reason, want to see. All of those are available to us joining us on Patreon. And speaking of Patreon, there's a few people I'd like to thank. Amanda, Justine, Layla, Megan, Mike, M, Mike, T, and Shauna are all Patreon supporters who have been great, have been hanging with us and supporting us, and we appreciate the help. And I think now that is all that I have. And oh, and thank you, Shane, for your notes on this today. Hey, thanks. Anytime. It was fun to put this one together. Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. All right. Then I think that I am good on everything. This is Abraham. And this is Shane. We're out. See ya. You've been listening to Why We Do What We Do. Why We Do What We Do is supported in part by our amazing patrons. Thank you. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a patron by heading to patreon.com slash podcast. You can also rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts or share this episode with your friends. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Find us at podcast on your favorite social media platforms. You can learn more about this and other episodes by going to www.wwdpodcast.com. There, you'll find links as well as detailed and shareable show notes. Why We Do What We Do is researched and produced by Abraham, Ryan O, Shane, and Miranda. Artwork and logo design by Andrew Pollock at nogdesigns.com. Video and production assistance from Tyler Brassier with music courtesy of Justin Greenhouse. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have an awesome day. Both groups were given a comprehension twist. Uh, twist, yeah. A twist. A twist. A twist. <laughs>